1: Hello and welcome to Galactica. Actually, I'm Jamie Smith, and joining me is my co host, A Diallo Jackson. Hello, hello. Today, we will be talking about season one, episode nine Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down. Um, This episode title is a play on the title of a Pedro Almodovar dark comedy from 1989 called Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down. I knew it was a reference to something. I thought it was a movie, and I Googled it really quick before
0: we started. (laughs) That's funny.
1: Um, I did take some time to listen to Ron Moore's podcast about this episode.
2: Yeah.
1: And he talked about how originally – One of the ideas that they threw out was doing a Crimson Tide type episode, and that's what this was going to be. But then it ended up not going there and also would have been way too dark. Yeah. But I guess the original idea was to like have Ty and Adama accusing each other of being Cylons, which would be hilarious once we know what we know Mm -hmm. later.
0: Yeah, actually.
1: But I'm also glad that they didn't go in that direction yeah i think it,
0: he i think he alluded to or mentioned a little bit to how like compared to the previous episode especially which was they were in turmoil with the network over it uh with flesh and bone it definitely yeah it, it was a better thing to have things get be a little bit lighter so yeah, yeah.
1: so i also listened to the Galactica or Battlestar cast which is Trisha Helfer and Mark Bernardin. They often have cast members, or um, they've had Ron Moore on, and I believe they have Bear McCreary on at one point. So, this episode, they had Edward James Olmos on.
0: That's cool because he directed so I... it. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> oh.
1: James almost is like an old perv and I kind of thought that with all the boobs that were in the plan.
0: Oh really?
1: But a lot of the sexy stuff in this episode were not things in the script. They were things that he suggested. Uh Uh-huh. Like... I don't think it's the way that the Baltar and Six scene is shot where Starbuck comes in. Yeah. I think that was written. Yeah. But the way he shot it. Yeah. With her legs, like, coming down and, like, you know, the camera sort of lingering on her skirt. Yeah. The stuff with Ellen um, and her foot under the table uh-huh. reaching out for Lee. Yeah. That was not in the script. He also did not tell Jamie Bamber that this was going to (laughs) happen so that he could get a real reaction. Uh And same goes for when Ellen sort of forces Ty to drink. Yeah. He gave that suggestion to the actress, but didn't tell Michael Hogan Mm -hmm. so that his reaction was real. And I just find that a little weird.
0: Do you? I mean, maybe I'm weird. I, mean, I don't. I don't. I just. I, it didn't seem. I don't know. It seemed like if you're, if I'm. I
1: guess I look at it from a different perspective now, where it's like that's. I mean you, you gotta get consent for things.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know when you're when. Yeah, I guess they didn't go too like they didn't go too far with anything she like played footsies with him and like kind of then there was a little part where she grabbed lee's
1: yeah also not in the script
0: yeah and then i think (laughs) i think ron moore did say like the part when they were in the the causeway or whatever and ellen was holding on yeah he said all that yeah he said that he he ron moore said that that was the actors in that part so, I don't know. I mean, they, I I've been on a few sets and um I've ri- like written things and I've watched actors interpret what I've written and they kind of go off in their own <laughs> direction sometimes. It, it's like it's very That's... collaborative and you just kind of let them do it because they can discover. I get that. Yeah.
1: Um, I guess what what I question is the stuff that the other person in the scene was not made aware of and like i think with certain things it's okay to like you want to get a real reaction Mm -hmm. and with other things it's maybe not so maybe forcing the liquid into michael hogan's mouth is not a big deal Mm -hmm. but maybe i guess it depends on how far up his leg her foot went And the actors all seemed totally game with it. And I don't think it would be in the shot. I don't think they would have used the shot if Jamie Bamber had been like, what the fuck? You know, it just I don't know. (laughs) It's just putting all the things together. where I'm like, you just came up with all of these ways for things to be like super sexy in ways that. The show hasn't been previously and they all came out of your head
0: <laughs> i mean yeah just, when you take it in you know. context with the plan i could totally see i can totally see your point yeah but uh i mean even ron moore was think, saying i
1: think maybe he's just a little bit of an old perp and that's fine
0: yeah i mean i think even ron moore was he, he kind of at length he went on about how he didn't like he was actually proud of the show being able to do that kind of stuff and you know, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I just kind of, in terms of, of them being characters, it felt like, you know, it resonated. Everything so. felt in character. Yeah. I will say that. Yeah.
1: Nothing felt like this person wouldn't do this. And we're just meeting Ellen, so everything is on the table. We don't know her, so we don't know what she would or wouldn't do, and just, you know, Every way that she behaved in this episode made me understand her, who she is. Mm-hmm. She's a She is a troublemaker.
0: Oh, my goodness gracious. This this woman. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh. uh, one of the interesting things that Edward James almost did say was about later on in the series when they were doing the table read for the season three finale. Mm-hmm. And when Michael Hogan found out about Ty, mm-hmm. he apparently threw his script uh-huh. said, This is bullshit <laughs> and walked out. <laughs> <laughs> he was so mad. Well. He just didn't he didn't understand like how can you do this? But then I think he came around.
0: Yeah, a lot. Of,
1: Obviously, he came around a lot of, to understand where what their thinking was.
0: A lot of fans were like that too, in <laughs> my understanding. So
1: I wasn't. I was just like, "Oh my god!"
0: Yeah, I was all it, in. Like, I loved it. Blew it Blew my mind. Yeah, I loved it. But I definitely know some people that didn't. And yeah, I, I and I, you know, in some of their some of their concerns. I not that I agree with them, but I totally see them because I. I but I because we at least for me like I love Ty so much. And so it sh- fundamentally changes who he is. And it all, you almost feel like it undercuts all this entire time we've had with, had with him, you know, and it, it's in a, in a strange way. It's almost like <laughs> when you love a, you love a show, um or a, a property and then it and then they decide they're gonna do a remake of it and you get really like people get really upset because they feel like, mm-hmm. oh, it's gonna take away from you know, from the uh experience that you had, you know, before. But in my head I've always been like, Well those things still exist so you can always go back so when I watch Battlestar, I always up until that moment, um, I always just watch him as Colonel Ty and that we knew, you know, and, and, and all like, that's who he is actually, you know, in effect, that's who he is, you know? So I don't have a problem with it, but I can, I can understand and see why some people do.
1: Uh, We'll talk about this stuff at length when we get there Mm -hmm. for sure. But for me, the four people that they chose Mm -hmm. to be four of the five, the four that we learn about, When we see which four that they are, I was like, every single one of these people were fighting the Cylons. They were like the ringleaders Mm -hmm. of the resistance. And if even one of them had not been, it wouldn't have felt so like, okay, this makes sense somehow. Mm -hmm. Because they're, they're not the same kind of Cylon. Yeah. And they all think they're human. And they're not, like, there's not, as far as we know, there's not copies of them running around either. So they're different. Mm-hmm. And they were against all of this shit. If it had been, like, one of them was, I don't know, even if, like, one of them was, like, Duala, mm-hmm. who stayed on the Pegasus, I would have been like, well, that doesn't make sense that she's there mm-hmm. because the other ones are Ty and Anders and Tyrol or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's also why I had all my theories about who the fifth one was based on who else was actively working on the resistance. Yeah. And then of course I was wrong. You said
0: it before, uh, who who was your fifth person?
1: I thought it was Gata.
0: Gata? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Would have made sense if it was him. Actually would have turned yeah. out better for him if it was him. <laughs> Yeah.
1: Just 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 watched his final episode. Oh last man. Night. <laughs> uh,
0: heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. Lost your way, Gata.
2: Mm.
1: hmm but getting into this episode, we actually open with Gaeta ish when he comes into the CAC to give Adama Baltar's report on the status of the Cylon detector, letting him know that it is up and running. Roslyn is in this like upper deck thing, just kind of suspiciously watching Adama. She's
0: creeping, she's up there creeping.
1: Yeah, and he like looks up and like smiles and she's just like, eh, smile. Yeah, Um, so awkward. Because she now suspects that he's a Cylon because of what Leovin told her. Yeah. And he goes up to talk to her, Adama, not Gaeta, and is like, oh, you know, the Cylon detector is a go and she's happy about this and wants to know when they're going to begin screening everyone. Turns out that Baltar can only do one sample at a time and it takes 11 hours which he was able to get boomers results pretty quickly in the previous episode so i'm not sure why it takes 11 hours
0: um just because they thought of it in the next script probably
1: (laughs) (laughs) so since we can only do one at a time and it takes so much time to get the results Roslin wants to know who's going to go first uh, but Adama is pretty distracted and so she's like or he, he says I think people in sensitive positions should go first and she says yeah I think so how about you and he's like well why me and she's like well I mean if you're a Cylon I'd like to know and he says
0: if I'm a Cylon you're really screwed
1: yeah so they play this little game of chicken when he suggests that she should go first but eventually he relents and is like fine I'll go first meanwhile elsewhere on the Galactica Billy and Dee are on their first date on the observation deck which we never see again Ron Moore did talk about this thing in his podcast. Yeah. And how like the Galactica is a warship. It's not the kind of ship where, you know, you have a big screen on your, on your deck um, or in your, where the, what do they call it? Like when the, the Where their captains is? The bridge. Yeah. Um, that also like, you know, when people are on the ship for months and months and months at a time, it would make sense to have somewhere to like sit and just sort of see where you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do never see it again, anyway, they are looking out this window, and the vipers are like giving them a little bit of a show and he asks her if this is normal and she's like, "Oh, they're showing off for me because they know I'm here
0: i just in my notes, I wrote uh uh run Billy exclamation point exclamation point, exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> why run 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 away just because you know just knowing you know knowing kind of where it ends up going with him and her i was just like oh man if he only knew but also because i was falling for her in that same moment so i kind of i felt what he probably was feeling i also wrote in my yeah. notes my life would be so complete if candace mcclure was in love with me so <laughs>
1: Well, I don't think she's in love with him. I think she likes him. She thinks he's cute. Yeah. She handles figuring out that he's sort of prodding her for info on Adama pretty well. Mm -hmm. If it were me, that would have been the only date.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: (laughs) I know that there's, like, slim Pickens at this point, and she and Lee haven't interacted all that much yet, Mm -hmm. so... Maybe right now she's just kind of feeling like this is my best option, or she does really like him. But if I were on a date with a guy and he was clearly and not even subtly trying to get information about my boss, and I know that his boss is like an important person, I would just be like, uh, "Thanks for thanks for the good time. I'm see you later."
2: Yeah, I'm
1: out. She does tell him though that. Adama has been distracted lately. He's been making calls in his quarters that he doesn't want logged and that kind of thing. Which he then turns around and tells Roslyn. But he does defend Adama and questions why Rosalind would be even considering the idea of Adama being a Cylon.
0: Yeah, that was his like one saving grace just because it wasn't like he was being... It actually, his questioning um, D was almost against his will uh, a bit. Um yeah. He wasn't, like, super into it. And then, like, and then we see when he's, like, reporting back, he's, just, like, he's actually on Adama's side. and It's like, oh, he's kind of doing it because he had to. He might not mm-hmm. really know how to navigate that. Um, but you're still right. She should have not gone on a second date with him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Then we go to Baltar's lab, and we get Baltar moaning about wanting to kill himself. Is suicide a sin? Because he has to run 47,905 blood samples at 11 hours each for the next 61 years. So, who can blame him for? It's
0: 60.1534 years, but he wanted to allot himself some time to sleep. (laughs) So it was 61. I thought that was a funny little, like, tidbit for him, you know?
2: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Head six suggests that there's something else they can do. So they start having sex, but then Starbuck walks in and says, what's up, Doc? (laughs) And to her, it looks like Baltar's just masturbating.
0: Yeah. Which, I mean, he... which he was, probably. Like, in yes. reality. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: He's like, oh, am just exercising. <laughs> like, dude, your pants are down. <laughs> you weren't. It's okay. We're adults here. We know what you were doing. Uh, we don't know exactly what you were doing, because you've got a Cylon in your brain, but close enough starbuck is there to give him her blood sample and then she leaves pretty quickly and six has been watching this interaction and says that he's right about there being something intriguing about her Mm -hmm. and he says yes very very intriguing yes what do you think that that six is thinking here
0: um, so again, like if I go back to my whole theory that I keeps for me, keeps getting, um, verified episode by episode, it's just sort of like, she knows that she has a, you know, a, an integral destiny in terms of how their search for Earth's going to go. Um, you know, a few episodes later, she embarks on something that makes her intriguing. Um, and then, you know, um, when they're at that gas giant planet, and she she ejects from the show for a little bit, um, and then comes and then she comes back. It's just like she just she's the, uh, an angel or whatever, a force a force to help them get to get to Earth. But it also could just be, um, you know, over. Is it the next episode when her and Baltar do they they hook up this first season, right, or no? I can't remember.
1: They do.
2: Yeah. Um, So
0: it could just be that, you know, like could be lots of different ways. And if she says it again later, she, um, about Ellen. So she's being very observant. Um, not, Mm -hmm. not that in particular, but it's sort of like keep an eye on that one kind of thing. So, yeah. yeah. They're all blondes. It's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) She sees them as competition. He does have a type. Yeah. (laughs) And so do I. So. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, that's what my friends always—they always get on my case because I always fall for blondes. Huh. Yeah,
1: With everyone on this show that you've shown interest in is not a blonde. Exactly,
0: that's what I'm saying. Like I am a lot more. Um, I'm not like people try to put you in little, you know, little lanes, and I'm like, I'm equal opportunity. <laughs>
1: The equal opportunity objectifier? Yeah,
0: I will objectify. (laughs) It doesn't matter who you are. (laughs) Doesn't matter. I mean, yeah.
1: (laughs) I am too. I mean, if they're hot, they're hot. Yeah, that's how
0: I am, you know? (laughs) I'm in love with Candace McClure this episode, so it's like. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Anyway.
1: She had very, very glossy lipstick on. Yeah,
0: that's what got me. Actually, the way she it's his eyes, and the way she was look like the way she was looking at Billy, I was like, "Oh man, look at me like that." Anyway.
1: <laughs> so we go to Colonel Ty's quarters. He dumps out the last of his alcohol, and he looks at his picture of Ellen that he burned her face off, and throws that in the trash with the bottle. Apparently, in the first episode in the miniseries, the picture that he burns was actually a picture of David Ike's wife. Mm-hmm. Because at the time, they weren't planning on Ellen being a character. So they didn't cast anybody for it. Another thing that I did learn from the Battlestar Galactica cast was that Ever James almost really, really fought to get Kate Vernon. Oh, wow. Oh. He, he had seen her in Malcolm X, and she just made an impression on him. Mm-hmm. And he always thought, like, I want to put her in something. So when this role came up, he was really pushing for her. I'm going to look really quick in this companion. I feel like they mentioned someone else. No, they don't. They don't mention someone else, but they um, the he, they do say that Eddie wanted her very much for the role. Mm. Um, oh, no, that's not true. David Icke wanted Lucy Lawless. Oh, wow. Because he had worked with her. On Xena. Mm -hmm. And she couldn't do it. Because she had a. Like a scheduling conflict. Mm. So then. um, Edward James almost was really pushing for Kate Vernon. He. Eddie didn't mention that. Um, Maybe he didn't remember. I think he probably just remembers from his perspective. He always wanted her. Yeah. For the role. Um, I can't remember. He said that there was one other person that he cast. For this show. That like stayed on i can't remember who it is i'll have to go back Mm -hmm. and listen but uh i think it's interesting that he just he'd seen her in this one role and he said her part was like one scene Mm -hmm. in malcolm x but it just really left a lasting impression on him he thought she'd be really good so when she came in she didn't know much about the show Mm -hmm. and he just kind of gave her the direction like this is who this character is this is how she behaves this is the kind of impact and then kind of let her just play
0: i mean that definitely fits how she played it or because she basically is that in the show like she Mm -hmm. she's coming out of nowhere and ron moore talks about that uh he calls it like the the hand of god or you know the hand the writer's hand where you definitely could tell that they are kind of forcing that person in um and she definitely has a completely different energy to everybody else Um, just outside of her being Ellen, but just, uh, you know, some of the, some of the reasoning as to like why she doesn't like how she ends up where she is. It just, it, it, it could have come off as too contrived um, because she wasn't a part of the initial plan, but. uh...
2: Well,
1: and it's just so like her story and I think this is intentional. Her story is strange. Mm-hmm. She's just so sketchy, and we'll get to it. Mm-hmm. Well, like there's. Oh, we will get to it. The, <laughs> <laughs> there's like stuff in the conversation at the dinner party. that yeah. That is like. I'm in my rewatch. I'm at the point where the next episode is where we get the return of Ellen, uh-huh. and she will explain a lot. And I yeah. think it also in that episode explains. How she ended up on the Rising Star? Yeah, I
0: believe with. so. Yeah, it it, it definitely uh-huh. lines up. How like, but I, yeah. I I I don't think that it was a part of their plan when like when all of this stuff went at the beginning of the show. But I do remember it, it wasn't. Yeah, but I do remember Ron Moore saying uh, like the, he went back and made sure <laughs> that it all made sense. And so watching this episode yeah. and and like I'm watching it and giving her explanation, I'm like, oh yeah, this is this is one number one like swooped in and blah blah blah, you know, so it all it does line up.
1: Yeah, and Ron Moore did say that, you know, they had this whole idea of like Crimson Tide and then that sort of morphed into what it became, which was what if what if Ty's wife returns. Yeah. And she's what causes sort of all of the conflict that's happening on top of like this like underlying question of whether Adama is a Cylon, then the question also is, is she a Cylon? And, um, that they didn't want to, they didn't want to play this hand more than once.
0: Yeah. They, he said, he did say too, like the, um, he goes into a lot of the backstory for, um, especially for Ty. Um, but then, you know, talks about their, his relationship to Adama. And so, like having them come to blows and in the degree that and if you've ever seen Crimson Tide, like it's a great, it's a great tense movie. Um, but he it's like, they, they are such good friends. It it just, it was too much of a credibility strain for them to actually, um, relate to each other in that way. So like you said, like having Ellen be the one that kind of sparks some of that stuff made more sense. So they leaned into, they leaned into her actually, um, doing a lot of the stuff she does, instead of kind of just just dropping her in and letting it flow a little bit more organically. I, I mean, I definitely think it works, obviously, but
2: yeah, for
1: definitely.
0: Yeah.
1: So then we have this whole like subplot with this Cylon Raider that suddenly shows up. Ever James almost tried to edit this whole subplot out. Ron Moore talks about that and on the podcast, but also it's in. My official companion, mm-hmm. Edward James almost, says that he he feels like the show's it's fine, but I think my version was better because mm-hmm. he cut all this stuff out. Mm-hmm. Um but I think they they don't ever wanna have at this point this early in the series they don't wanna ever have a hundred percent break of like any Cylon activity. So we gotta have something. Mm-hmm so we have this raider shows up and it gets injured. Lee and uh, another pilot named Beehive, who I don't recall ever hearing that call sign before or since. Yeah,
0: didn't even see They didn't even show Beehive, right? Uh,
1: I don't know. I saw it in the transcript. Mm -hmm. So Lee says Beehive. Um, They shoot it and then it jumps away and Ty is like this raider is gonna give away our position, so he calls for the fleet to prepare for an emergency jump, but in the meantime he's also like Where is Adama? And Duala says that Adama's not on board. He took a raptor about an hour earlier and didn't file a flight plan, and he's just like What do you mean he didn't file a flight plan? What where did he go? But then all this stuff happens, but then the so the raider jumps back, and then it jumps away again, and Ty calls it a wounded bird, says it's just flopping around. So he thinks that this is actually a perfect chance to analyze this raider's electronic signals and learn something about it. As they're talking about this, Adama returns, asking for per- for permission to land. So he lands the raptor. Ty meets him at the hangar. We see legs and <laughs> what... Edward James almost called a red dress, but I would say it's a little more pink than red. Yeah, but I it really get what was. he was trying to do. Yeah. He said he deliberately wanted Ellen to be in a red dress to make people think that this might be a six.
0: Worked for me. I remember that first time I watched it, I was like, what? <laughs>
1: yeah. But then it is Ellen and Ty is shocked. Just shocked everyone thought she was dead we quickly go to Caprica I don't have a lot to say about the Hilo and Sharon stuff I honestly feel like I could cover it all right here
2: yeah they are running
1: a lot (laughs) through the sewers there's a lot of centurions up above them looking for them Hilo is very confused why an entire army of centurions are chasing them now And Sharon says that they're after her, that she heard some stuff when she was captured about plans and deployments, and that there's a major hub at Delphi, and they should go there and get a ship and get off the planet. A little while later, there's more running. He's exhausted. He's like, how are you not tired? She's like, it's adrenaline. And then keeps him going.
0: The delivery was so sketch.
1: Her delivery, yeah,
0: of the adrenaline line. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it, you know, she was just like, uh, like it was. Almost, she had to think about it for a second, kind of come up with an excuse. Yeah. yeah,
1: I'm not tired because I'm a machine. Yeah. <laughs> so that's basically all that's happening with them. Yeah. Right now on the planet. So uh, Baltar's phone rings, and he answers it very cheekily. What does he say? I'm going to go to my transcript. Dr. Guy Baltar, Department of Silent Detection. How <laughs> may I direct a director call? <laughs> and Rosalind's like, you're in a good mood. And he's just like, oh, oh, yeah, hi.
0: He sounded <laughs> like. Hello, Madam President. He, he, didn't you say something to the effect of like he was expecting someone else or somebody, something? Uh, Yes. But then I was like, who is he, he expecting? <laughs> right. Yeah. Who was he expecting? Yeah starbuck yeah that's what i kind of assumed but i don't know
1: she wants him to call her the moment he gets adama's results and he's like well he canceled his test a while ago she asks why and he says i don't know he gave me someone else's sample um she asks whose it is and he checks and says some woman named ellen no surname and she's like, I would like you to resume testing Commander Adama's blood sample immediately. So, we're losing all of this 11 hours each time. Unless he can, like, pause and go back to where he left off. I don't know how the silent detector works. Well, I don't know if he knows how it works, honestly.
0: Yeah, I mean, he I, he knows. They, they definitely say it at the end that... But... <laughs> He's just letting everyone, everyone's flying through it. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah.
1: We go back to, not back to, but we go to Ty's quarters, and he and Ellen are, you know, I can't believe that you're here and you're alive, and she says that she doesn't remember the past few weeks. The last thing she remembers is being at the airport on PyCon, buying a ticket home and hearing something about the Cylons. And then it's just dreams until a couple of days ago. She thinks she was knocked out at the airport and some kind soul just picked her up and put her on the last flight out. She doesn't know who. And Ty just doesn't question it. Like, not really. Yeah. She's just glad she's there.
0: Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, as, I think as he should be. Like, we, I mean, we, we have Tyrrell who's watching his his ex, like, basically make out with the Cylon Raider, and he still denies <laughs> that she could be a Cylon. So it, <laughs> it definitely kind of makes sense that you would like, you know, again, love makes you overlook suspicious things, you know.
1: Adama does say later that he that ty loves her blindly
0: Mm
1: -hmm. it i question all of this not that there's truth in it but i question why ty loves her so blindly because she is a disaster and she's bad for him
0: i i actually don't question that She hurts him yeah but i i think that the how do i say it like the tapestry of human um Experience involves some people. You know, you might love someone even though they do terrible things to you. I don't even know if I would actually term that as love, but um, you know, but that's that—that's not unheard of. Put it that way. You know what I mean? Like there, there's a section yeah. of there's a section of human experience that involves that. And people just for whatever reason they find themselves caught up in somebody else's orbit.
1: Oh, I know. I mean, I haven't experienced it myself, um, but, you know, my stepdad was a terrible person and my mom loved him mm-hmm. and was with him for a long time. And I could not understand why because he treated all of us like shit. So, you know, I know it happens. Yeah, I just I I like Ty. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to be like, dude, it's just no. she's not good for you.
0: Yeah, I it, mean it, it, it's so interesting the the symbolism earlier in the episode when he dumps out the uh, the last of his booze and and he crumples up her picture, saying that it's almost like he finally is going to be on the right track <laughs> and uh, and then here she comes,
1: here she comes to derail all of his his progress yeah
0: like he even emptied it he even didn't drink the last bit he emptied it before it was even done and i think he says something to that effect at least i did that much or something um yep so yeah it's a it's like it's like this karmic cycle for him i think i don't know and yeah love isn't necessarily like as we think of love as like a positive force or something but I think there are a lot of degrees to that, and maybe there's just, like, a a pull that he has to her that he can't explain.
1: Oh, for sure. And as we learn later, absolutely.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: (laughs) So we go to the hangar deck. Starbuck and Tyrell are analyzing the data coming off of this hurt Um, raider. Starbuck says that the one thing they haven't been able to figure out with the raider that she brought back was the FTL drive. So Adama tells them to let him know the minute they have the FTL data that they need.
2: hmm
1: And this is when Apollo comes up and is like, oh, do you, you want to see me? And he says, yeah. Do you have dinner plans? And Apollo's just like, what? <laughs> we go back to Ty's quarters. Ellen is saying that she never thought she'd see his face again. Um, it sounds like they got into a pretty big fight the last time they saw each other. Mm-hmm. Where she said some things. She's trying to maybe apologize for it. He doesn't even give her a chance. He's just like, it doesn't matter. It's all in the past. She suggests that they start over. And he says, I have. And she's just like, forget it. And offers him a drink. And he's like, well, I can't. I'm on duty. And she's just like. Just such bad news. (laughs) Like, if someone says to you, I cannot drink, I'm on TV, you shouldn't get annoyed with them. Yeah. He is working. Yeah. his phone rings, and she's like, girlfriend? And he says, it's official business. And she's just like, oh, it feels like old times. And he says, he would explain, but, and she's like, it's classified. And she's just like, she's just so annoyed that he has to do his job and that he won't tell her everything.
0: Oh yeah. I I know what you're about to say. I I was actually thinking it, but I didn't want to say it because I didn't want you to take it the wrong way.
1: Yeah. Like my boyfriend works in television and every once in a while, what he's working on, he has to sign an NDA and I will be like, Oh, but tell me. And he's like, no, I can't. And he literally won't tell me anything. Until whatever he's working on airs, and then he'll tell me everything Mm -hmm. because it's done. He won't even tell me when he's done with the show. (laughs) He keeps these secrets until whatever it is that he'd worked on was airing on television. And then he'd be like, give me behind-the-scenes gossip or whatever. Sometimes it's not even gossip. And I'm like, this is what you wouldn't tell me? This is nothing. But I respect him. And so if he says he can't tell me, I'm like, okay, you'll tell me eventually, I guess, or you won't. And I let it go, where Ellen is, like, salty about not being given classified information on a military ship. Like, you know you married a guy in the military. Whoa. My best friend was in the Navy and was... um Attached to a squadron, a fighter pilot squadron, and still has not told me some of the stuff that they did. And she's not even in the Navy anymore. She's like, it's classified.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it is. And that's it. And I'm like, okay. You know, tell me some fun stories about when you're in Thailand then? <laughs> those stories are always fun. I can hear those. Can't hear about missions though.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was, was going to say the. In the previous scene, when they're having their first reunion, that is the single time that she, until, I think until she, we kind of get a little bit of a feel of her softened up when they're on New Caprica, um, at least at the beginning portions. But we don't, this is the one time that she's sympathetic um, and we don't really see that until she returns um, much later in the show. But yeah, and like, and then the very next scene that you start to see all of the behaviors coming out, and she's like, she soft sells it at first, right? And then, and then you, you, we get a, we actually get a, a class in what broke them apart and the dynamic of their relationship, and like what little bit we see, obviously we infer that's like a constant thing, and this is why they are always like breaking up and you know coming back together and we get a little bit more uh details about her behavior uh (laughs) yeah and uh yeah so and i mean we actually see how she is in action but uh yeah it's she definitely should like she definitely should not have given him attitude and been huffy about it but obviously it's like she wants to control him right like that's Mm -hmm. that's making him drink and all of these things is then she'll she'll be able to pull him back into her orbit where she can like manipulate him in you know whatever fashion she likes to manipulate him to get her kicks i guess that's kind of how i see her you know Um, yeah so and it works
1: it does so the call that he got was calling him over to colonial one to speak with Rosalyn. She told him her suspicions about Adama, which he basically is like, you're crazy. I owe my life to him several times over. He basically infers that transitioning from secretary of education to president has been difficult for her, but she cuts him off and tells him not to say anything he'll regret She asks if Adama has been behaving strangely, and he says no. So she asks him about the fact that he left without telling anybody right when a silent raider suddenly appeared. And he tells her that Adama had gone to get his wife and explains that situation. And she's like, I can't tell if Rosalind is being sincere here. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Where she's like, oh, that's fantastic.
0: I kind of feel like... Knowing uh, there's a there's a scene at the dinner table that I noted where it it was almost like she got a note that this was a comedy. (laughs) And so it was almost like she's such a great actress that she was playing some of her scenes that way. Even I even was inferring a little bit of it with uh, when she was on the bridge, uh, the beginning of the. Episode kind of look lurking down, and her interaction between um, her her and Adama, like you know, you you go first, you go first. Like mm-hmm. the only difference between, like she played it a certain way, and and they and I know they they do it a, in a couple scenes. Like I don't know if we've gotten to the part yet, but like when they play that little plucky music, that's funny. The only time we get music like that in the entire um, show, I believe. Um, all they had to do was like put some of that music behind it and then you would have Mm -hmm. like read it as actually comedy. Cause I I feel like that's how she was playing a lot of the scenes. And so in this particular one, that's kind of how I was reading it. Um, yeah, I, obviously that might not be the case, but she, and I, my other, my other, um, uh, sort of like, backstory thing was i was like is the kamala extract kind of taking starting to work you know um because she does look look super frazzled when um billy first comes back uh mm-hmm. f- and she she definitely looks like like she i mean she looks actively paranoid um and i, I was almost like yeah is the kamala like getting to her and that's why she's kind of doing this, like being a little bit over the top with it, but...
1: I don't know. I I would... I mean, I guess it's possible, but they since they don't mention the Kamala at yeah. all, mm-hmm. I would take it more that the idea of the commander of their only weapon of war being a Cylon is throwing her for a loop.
0: Yeah. And that's what it is. I just, you know, I don't ever do theories but this is like the like this is like the depth of theories (laughs) Mm -hmm. i do is it it just kind of trying to reconcile um a few things in the in the scene but it's likely just that they you know just wanted her to act paranoid because that's what the kind of the point of the episode was so Yeah. yeah
1: so he says that his wife's name is ellen and she's like ellen oh And then she says, I'd very much like to meet your wife. We get a quick scene with Baltar where he is told to resume the test on Ellen. Which, it's so quick, it almost didn't even need to be there, except that his exasperation of like, oh my god. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then Ty goes back to his quarters to find Ellen in this little slip with a bottle of ambrosia. he asks how she got it and she's like, I have my ways. I can only imagine what those ways are.
0: (laughs) Did she just get it or did she always have it, you know?
1: (laughs) Where was she? It's not like she showed up carrying, I I don't know, I guess we just didn't see her Where's
0: Captain Kelly? He was, uh...
2: (laughs) (laughs) He'll have
1: his time. Yeah. And that's when we have the whole scene with her, like, basically forcing him to get back on, off get off the wagon that he's climbed onto.
0: Yeah, it's almost like she, I mean, it, it, there is like a little rush of sound or music or something when he, when she like kisses him and mm, passing the, the liquid into his mouth, whatever. It's almost like she, it's almost like she's activating him. Like, mm-hmm. so the, it, prior he had given up on all that stuff, so he's on the straight and narrow, and he was trying, and then in that moment, there is, it's like a switch flips and um like the, it's re- it's represented by like a little sound effect and and then yeah he's uh back to he's like i think he's like worse than the tie that like we knew um mm-hmm. from the f- first few episodes
1: because now it's like it's like chaos drunk yeah instead of an angry drunk or a sad drunk.
0: Yeah. He still was able to do his job pretty effectively, and people kind of turned their head uh, a lot. But now it's mm. like, hey, hey, buddy. <laughs> yeah. You know.
1: Well, I mean, he still is able to do his job effectively Yeah, here, too. Yeah. He but
0: ends up being able to. I
1: yeah. mean, he's a functional alcoholic.
0: hmm they talk a lot about, uh, they talk in, uh, Ron Moore talks a lot about, again, a part of Ty's backstory, why he is that way. And it's pretty, pretty interesting. So it wasn't just that he, it wasn't necessarily like a character defect or anything, but he, like he, he was like kind of, um, he was kind of in the trenches in that first Cylon war. And he had a lot of hand to hand combat with those first, um, yeah. models of Cylons. And so, you know, basically PTSD in, uh. Yeah, yeah. He was kind of he was kind of a broken man, and he wasn't always that way. And uh, so he kind of went to the went to the bottle to deal with a lot of it. So, um, and then I Which think
1: a lot of veterans
2: do. Yeah, a
0: lot of people do. Yeah. So it doesn't even have to be bad. I think a lot of just people in their day to day lives end up having to do that stuff to get through yeah. life. You know. And then I think, and Ellen being introduced into that just kind of sent it to a whole other level.
1: Yeah. She doesn't encourage the good sides of him. She encourages the bad sides of him. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I have to just praise Michael Hogan. I'll always praise Michael Hogan. I love him. He does more acting with his eyes Mm. than, like, anyone. Mm Mm-hmm and we get a lot more of that later when he only has the one eye to work with Mm -hmm. but i remember like sarah and i used to talk about how he could do more with one eye Mm -hmm. than a lot of actors can do with their entire body Mm -hmm. and he he does that here with when she forces that liquid into his mouth the way he widens his eyes it says everything you need to know Mm -hmm. without him having to have any dialogue He's just a very good face actor.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, now we get to the dinner party.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dinner.
1: And this is a doozy. So it's the Ties, Lee, Rosalind, and Adama in Adama's quarters. Ty and Ellen are clearly already drunk. And Ellen is stirring the pot she's talking about how there's a lot of whining and complaining as you would expect the people that she talked to are mostly hopeful and optimistic she's saying all this to the president Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then she's like well there are a few people who still might wonder if a kindergarten teacher is really the right person to be president (laughs) but it's a tiny minority (laughs) and i just really wanted Rosalind to be like i wasn't a kindergarten teacher I was the secretary of education, Mm -hmm. but Rosalind's just like, wonderful. And he's like, tight smiles. And then Ellen's like, everyone is so truly, truly grateful to all of you on Galactica. You literally are our saviors. And Ty's just like, oh, we were just doing our job. And he's just like... He doesn't see what she's doing.
0: Yeah, he's like a kind of oblivious to it. Yeah. Right under, his, right under his nose.
1: Yep. So she asks Lee for a little more of the ambrosia and then talks about how Lee has grown into such a handsome man and she can only imagine what Zack must look like she's now. Such a
0: strong young man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And she says to Lee, you are the spitting image of your mother. I bet Zach just takes after his daddy. And Adama's just like, Zach passed away a couple of years ago. So this made me question, how long have Ty and Ellen been estranged? Because I think Ty would mention to her that Adama's son died. Yeah. I mean, If, if they were if, around at, each other.
0: I mean, at least two years, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Probably probably a bit longer, but mm-hmm. at least two years. Mm-hmm. And then Adama brings up that the captain of the rising star was a little puzzled about how she got aboard his ship. And she's just like, oh, I know some thoughtful soul just rescued me and put me on the last flight out. Adama says, the strange thing is no one can recall giving you any medical assistance until about a week ago. And she says, oh, it's a miracle I'm alive. I'm like, <laughs> Ellen, <laughs> Ellen doesn't know she's a Cylon <laughs> and she doesn't. So at this, like if we're taking this on face value, she's just a person who up until a week ago, nobody even knew was on this ship how does she just not even want to be like that's yeah you're right that's really weird like I don't know I was unconscious.
0: yeah you know it takes all kinds like <laughs> they it just made me think of um uh Donna noble on Doctor Who like when they first introduced her in the Runaway bride episode like they refer to the two previous Christmases where aliens attacked. There were alien invasions, and they were just kind of like she always just missed it somehow. She was <laughs> never like you know. They just because she just has other concern. Maybe she's just way that particular character is way more concerned with herself than you know what other people are going through. And I know that's kind of. I mean that's that's kind of what Ellen is like. That's what she continues to be um for the rest of the series so it you know except
1: that Donna noble is the best and ellen ty is the worst
0: listen i'm actually in the middle of watching i just watched uh we're in the middle watching season four and i just watched the the silence of the library episodes last night and donna noble is my still my favorite companion of the new um doctor who um era so i'm I'm definitely with you. Um part of why she is one of my favorites is cuz she has the most expansive arc, uh character arc. <laughs> so from where she goes to where she ends up is just so it's so wonderful and she's such a great actress and it's heartbreaking. Um so
1: Oh, I I'm still so mad about it.
0: Yeah. Neither here nor there. She like just <laughs> like the, you know, just the way she um, you know there's there's people like that you know like she just yeah. like, it's like Ellen just can't be she couldn't be bothered so and the yeah. way she plays the scene like it it registers to me with like people I might have met in my life they just just yeah, I don't know yeah yeah that's weird yeah. <laughs> you know doesn't have much 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 to say that goes below the surface of anything because that's kind of where she lives mm-hmm. you know
1: She's also more concerned with sticking her foot in Apollo's crotch. Yeah,
0: this too. Well, it's why she can't be concerned with (laughs) anything else. She's always just trying to like, like get hers. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So then she says the question on everyone's mind is where's earth and when do we get there? And he says that's classified information. And she's just like, oh, that word again. And then it's like, the, if there are no privileges of being an Exo's wife, then what's the point? We're all family here. And, I mean, you're, this is just making you seem like a Cylon. <laughs> you are openly searching for answers. Rosalind actually says, perhaps you don't know that the Cylons look like us now. And Ellen's like, oh yeah, yeah, I knew that. And Rosin says it's recent news; most people just found out a few days ago. And Ellen's just like, a thing like that would travel fast, right? <laughs> so I don't, I don't think she knew.
0: Yeah, no, I don't think she knew. Like she, it's kind of like what I was saying a few episodes ago when Ty was having his interaction with Starbuck um, when Starbuck was in sickbay and she wouldn't get up and and. It it seemed like Ty was doing reverse psychology, but I was like, no, I actually think Ty was being pretty straightforward. Like, he wasn't, he's like, I don't respect you or whatever. I came to check on you. Oh, you're just being who exactly I thought you were. Peace out. And and then how Starbuck reacts to that's a different story. So, like, here, I think it's the same. Like, she gets all of this, all of these details and she's literally in her head is like, huh, that's weird. (laughs) <laughs> and she, like, she literally hasn't really contemplated or thought about that because she, like, again, her concerns aren't the same as everybody else's. She's a very sort of vacuous human being, or Cylon, I should say. Um, so,
2: well,
0: yeah.
1: So Adama basically is like, okay, well, thanks for... Oh, no, she does her little thing where everybody's quiet because Adama says any one of us could be a Cylon and then she slams the table and says boo.
0: That scared me actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not joking. Like they, when I just rewatched it I I was, I was like oh they, they got me.
1: <laughs> so Adama stands up and is like okay thanks for coming it's been a wonderful evening and Ty actually says I thought it would never end. <laughs> So they start to like drunkenly walk to the door. She realizes one of her, she doesn't have one of her shoes.
0: She realizes. Mm I (laughs) think she she planned that. (laughs)
1: Apollo picks it up and she grabs his butt.
0: She wanted Apollo for dessert.
1: I mean, whom's among us at times? He's very cute.
0: I mean, I I never have. (laughs) 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 But I recognize that he's probably a delicious morsel.
1: He's a little tiny. I don't like short guys, but he's he's very handsome. Yeah. And then as they're leaving, or after they leave, Rosalind turns to Adama and says, you actually think that woman is a Cylon? <laughs>
0: that was great. That's so great. And he
1: says, if she's not, <laughs> then we're all in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Because <laughs> if she were, they could just airlock her. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah. Ty will get over it. <laughs> <laughs> He'll forgive us.
1: But if she's human, we're all fucked because now Ty's gonna be a mess that we all have to deal with.
0: You know And Ellen. It's funny about I thought just a little bit about like her the possibility of her being a Cylon and um and Tai, and even, like, Adama being questioned. Because especially at the time when they said Adama was a Cylon, as, you know, in my brain, I was like, oh, could he be? You know? Um, and we don't, we didn't really know the complete nature of the Cylons. But and I thought about it a little bit. And even knowing what I know now <laughs> uh, about them being, sci- like, the characters that are Cylons, that are Cylons, like, when it comes to, like... Again, Ty and Adama, especially, like, they've known each other for, like, 30 years. So I just, you know, we our understanding what the Cylons were, where, like, they, you know, they they look like humans now. They could be models. You would have to think that that goes either goes back that far or they replaced him with a model that looks, you know, body snatcher type deal. Um, hmm. which you know, that, that could have been a possibility, but I think it, it points more to their, uh, the idea that they were trying to bring up with this episode, which is just the paranoia, which, you know, uh, despite what the facts tell you, you're still going to come up with scenarios of why you're afraid of something. But yeah, like, um, so like on the surface, like it couldn't have been Adama or Tai or, um, maybe Rosalind. There's 'cause cuz no Rosalind doesn't have anybody other than Billy that like has known her that has a relationship that goes a long way so it, it mm-hmm. couldn't have been Lee it couldn't have been Starbuck you know um those are all yeah. people that we know have had relationships that go back um as a uh, as opposed to you know Tyrol or any of these other people so
1: Well, I mean, it could have been Starbucks. She only goes back a couple years. Mm -hmm.
0: No, no, it definitely could have been. Um, But... uh, And yeah, we did, like... I actually kind of feel like she should have been one, to be honest. (laughs) But uh, they definitely set us up to think that she could have been one. Um, Everybody else kind of was fair game. But these people that had these long-standing relationships, at least... uh, That was actually proven false, obviously, but that was also something they came up with three seasons later, so cut cut us some slack.
1: I never believed that Adama was a Cylon, and part of the reason why was because he has Lee. Not -hmm. because of his relationship with with Ty that goes way back, but the fact that he has Lee, who Mm -hmm. is his child. Yeah. It just, it, that just would never have made sense.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's that.
1: But pretty much anybody else, I, I think I would have been willing to buy on some level.
0: Yeah, Adama couldn't have had. Yeah, Adama had to have loved. Because <laughs> he had to have loved his wife to have uh, conceived a child, even if he was a Cylon. So... <laughs> <laughs>
1: We don't know that he didn't. Yeah, we don't know that he did also, yeah. like, we probably wouldn't be so... Uh, Hera wouldn't be quite so important yeah. if Lee is running around as a, you know, 35-year-old here. Yeah. <laughs> this is where Adama sort of gives a quick download on the history of Ellen and Saul. Mm-hmm. He talks about the... The rumors were that she slept with more than half the fleet while Saul was in space. And Lee's like, then why did he stay married to her? And a, and Rosalind says it's obvious that he loves her deeply. And that's when Adama says blindly. And that Ellen used to encourage the worst instincts in him. And Rosalind's like, used to?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: like,
1: what we just saw. <laughs> yeah. Is, still does
0: yeah welcome back
1: out in the hallway ty and ellen come across this scaffolding and she starts snarking about adama and ty doesn't want to hear it she thinks that he doesn't have the slightest idea where earth is and that's when she like Jumps up on the scaffolding and wraps her legs around his head. And then Baltar comes up. That and... that
0: was a lot, actually. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what do you mean? The
0: wrapping around his head. That was like, I was like, yeah, that she's really getting into it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Baltar introduces himself. And she knows who he is. And she's just like flirting six sort of emerges from behind baltar's head and says there's something here isn't there and this shot edward james almost talked about this shot with with trisha a lot about how he very much wanted it to look like she was literally emerging out of his head Hmm. so she had to sort of stand in the exact right spot Because she's taller than him. So she was like crouched down a bit. Her hair is kind of big. So it was like. She had to be directed to like. Down a little bit more. Down a little bit more. And then like come out the side of his head. In a very specific way. Because Eddie had a vision. How he wanted this to look. (laughs) Like she was actually emerging out of his head.
2: Mm.
1: Baltar is called to his lab. So when he leaves. Then Ellen and. Ty get into this fight because she says that he's jealous and he says I thought we you said we were starting over and she's just like, Oh, it was a little bit of harmless flirting, and he's like, No. And I mean, good for him. But then she's like, Bill put his hand on my leg at dinner.
2: Yeah. And
0: he's
1: just like, I'm not falling for this. And she says, did you know he came to see me on the rising star? He would come in my room, and i pretend to be sleeping. And he would just sit by my bed, and then he'd touch me. And Ty's like, "You're why are you doing this? You're lying. And she's like, I'm not. I'll prove it. And, like, drags him away. Like, she... So remember in the last episode when Adama was like, Bin will... Try to get in your head. Mm. He will mix truth in with the lies. Mm -hmm. That's what Ellen does.
2: Mm. Yeah. Because
1: Adamo did go to her bedside because somebody informed him that she was there. He didn't touch her. He didn't put his hand on her leg at dinner. I don't even think he was sitting next to her. Maybe
0: he was. I don't know. You were making a pitch that uh, Edward James Olmos is... (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) We, uh, you the never know. Follows, you never know. The
1: man follows me on Twitter, so I should like, <laughs> like, limit what I say. I just think he has he has a vision that is just a little pervy. It's okay. <laughs> it's just a little pervy. But I don't think Adama was doing any of this. Yeah, obviously. Not. I think that Ellen is trying to like shove a wedge between Ty and Adama. Because they're stuck on this ship. And I think she knows that if it comes down to it. Ty's probably going to pick his friend. Yeah. So we go to Baltar's lab. Where he's just like. I can't make these results come any faster. You keep making me stop and start all over again. (laughs) He says I've started and stopped the test twice already now. So I'm running a little behind. And Adama is like twice. And Raza's like my fault. Wrong, long story. I thought you were a Cylon. He was like, what? why would you think that I'm a Cylon? And she's like, well, you've been doing all this weird stuff. You've been making calls that aren't logged and mysterious trips off the ship. He says, I had to go to the Rising Star. I didn't want Ty, Ty to know about it. And then he's like, what, whether or not his wife is a Cylon, she's nothing but trouble. And I wanted to keep her away from him as long as I could. And Apollo asks, why did you bring her on the ship? And he's like, well, she's his wife. I couldn't refuse her access to her own husband. And then he says, (laughs) I wanted her close to me. And that's when Ellen and Ty walk in. She's like, I told you. I told you he wanted me. And then there's this whole fight about, like, you've been visiting my wife. What have you been doing Um, with Ellen? Like, oh, he's been after me for years. And, oh, you don't have to fight over me. And <laughs> it is this whole this whole like farcical scene where she's just trying to get them mad at each other and Adama says that he was afraid she might be a Cylon, so he brought her blood here to have it tested. Ty admits that he knew that the president was having his blood his blood tested and Then they're all called to the CIC, so because of the Viper. This
0: entire scene, um, I didn't even really get into the details of of it all. I just wrote, uh, "Yeah, we're back to Three's Company again," you know. And it was like, and and this is, I think this was one of the moments where they were playing the that plucky fun music, Um, and like, yeah, it was like it was things were getting cleared up, but then they were making uh wrong assumptions based on the clearing things up, but it was like a back and forth and what, what, and the the Adama and and uh Ty turning and looking at the president head to head that the way they were framed and stuff. It was it was it was so I mean I actually did laugh. I remember I remember the first time I watched it. I actually really enjoyed how fun it was mm-hmm. and how funny it was um and I used to have sort of had the same experience on um I used to watch Highlander the series this might not be like a good uh comparison but I used to watch Highlander the series a lot and it was for the most part it was pretty serious but every once in a while they would have this sort of like over the top funny episode and I always appreciated them and I always kind of laughed you know um and uh so it didn't necessarily fit into the world that they Portrayed all the time, but it, I think it just was like a, a nice nice breath of fresh air. Um, so in this case, that's kind of what was going on here. Ron Moore did say that the, you know, because the world is so dark, they wanted to, their, I, it was like their goal or their objective here wasn't to like make you belly laugh, but kind of chuckle. And that's kind of, that's mm-hmm. literally what it evoked from me. Um, yeah. Uh, I remember when I first watched it, I was like chuckling, but I wasn't like, ha you know, laughing out loud. Um, so I mean, it, so in that in that way, it does work. But it also, it also is a stretch. And like, again, like I going back to um, the dinner scene, uh, when Rosalind, uh, when Ty and Ellen are leaving, and then like it's like she uh, Ellen forgets something, and then Rosalind had picked up the ambrosia, and it's like holding it out, but like she's looking straight ahead. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it's so comedic. Like yeah, it's so comedic. You know, Um but it 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 definitely works for kind of what their you know what their objective is.
1: Yeah. And I understand the desire to, after an episode that has so much to do with torture, although I would argue based on our discussion of it, it wasn't, I feel like it was more spiritual than an episode about torture. Mm -hmm. There was more discussion in it than, you know, like the lost episode that we talked about had more actual torture Mm -hmm. in it. But I understand the desire to like, okay, we're going to lighten things up a little bit. And then from here out, they don't, there's a lot of really dark episodes, but they learned how to pepper in little moments of tension relief or levity Mm -hmm. to keep it from getting to be too much. Yeah. Now we just deal with that Raider, it's out there and seems to be under control now and is not jumping away. So Ty tells them to launch the alert fighters. When the raider basically makes a kamikaze run at the Galactica, the alert vipers that come out are able to shoot it before it crashes into the ship.
0: And I'm assuming that was hot dog. That uh, shot it. I'm just making that assumption. I, we don't know for sure, but
1: yeah, I think Hot Dog was one of the ones that was out there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's Hot Dog and Beehive, according to this. Yeah. Still don't know who Beehive is. <laughs>
0: yeah, but. I don't think we ever see. I don't <laughs> ever recall seeing a unless they were, there's a character in the, the Ready Room or whatever at some point to the Pilot's Room. But uh, <laughs> uh...
1: Starbuck says that he she thinks that this. Raider has been playing with us the entire time to see how we react.
0: Functionally, uh, I feel like this scene was was it was kind of showing us what like her the way she, she's an out of the box thinker, right? And our next episode mm-hmm. that's uh, comes into play. So I feel like it, it was interesting to me how she was like front and center in the CIC looking up at the console like she was a part of the command and yeah yeah
1: but also it shows that ty is a quick thinker he even with everything that's been going on he's able to look at the situation call for the alert um alert vipers or whatever and then that was the right call and adama tells him that because he asks him did you launch them and Apollo says that it was the XO's call and Ty says, I had a hunch.
0: Ron Moore talks a lot about the, that relationship in terms of, um, Ty being an XO and there was definitely a concerted effort to make him as an XO be different than like what we typically see on, especially like sci-fi shows. And like the big one obviously is, uh, Is uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation, where the executive officer sort of like he he was saying how the executive officer has like a tough go because they are not the lead and they so they kind of have to be wrong all the time (laughs) because they can't like the captain's the lead right and the captain can't necessarily be wrong so there's not quite a lot to do so they this was like an opportunity for them to actually um you know have him show his competence and also like the character of ty they they really wanted like they gave him all of these bad traits but they wanted to show that he is more than just like a buffoon or whatever right like he actually mm-hmm. there's a reason why he's in that role it's not just because he got cast <laughs> and they're writing him in that yeah. role. Like, you know, it's like that particular character actually has like he has a, a body of experiences and a body of work and he's actually um there because he can make those kind of calls. And we see him do that in the miniseries and then we actually he makes some calls in the uh season early season two where he's he's gotta make some tough decisions and um it's because he because of his um his experience in battle. He just, he knows, he just, he knows how the Cylons operate and what they've done in the past. So he kind of makes some calls to make sure that those things don't happen again. He might go a little too far sometimes, but hey, you
1: Mm. know. Who doesn't? Yeah. So Ty and Adama have a a discussion about basically why Adama was having her blood analyzed immediately and... Adama says that he was worried not just whether she was a Cylon, but if she's not because he knows how Ty feels about her, but she's been bad for him. And he apologizes for saying it, but it's the truth. And Ty's just like, no, that was then. This is now. She was different. I'm different. He defends having a few drinks that night because he was celebrating and Adama is fine with that and then says, like, launching those vipers on a hunch saved us. And Ty says, well, I was just doing my job. And Adama says, yeah, you know, that you do your job. Well, he says, you do your job good. And I'm like, you do your job well.
2: <laughs>
1: I'm going to be Stannis Baratheon over here, but it's you do your job well.
0: Stannis is the but worst, then- though.
1: <laughs> no I like Stannis <laughs> um, that, he says that's why I need you It's why we're friends I don't want anything to come between us not even Ellen and Ty says that it won't and they shake hands on it we quickly go back to Caprica to um, have a quick scene with Dural and Six where they're kind of frustrated because they've searched everywhere for Hilo and sharon and they can't figure out how it's possible that they've managed to escape and six says it's because she thinks she loves him now she can't live without him so it's making her more resourceful and darrell's like oh does that bothers you Mm -hmm. and six is like now we'll get him And he's like, no, it bothers you that you've never experienced that. And she just kind of laughs and is like, did you see how he was before? He was pathetic. (laughs) And Daryl's like, well, I can't help wondering what it would be like to feel that intensely. That Hilo just seemed alive even when he was miserable. Yeah. And this makes Six start to cry. And Ron Moore talks about Trisha's performance here that there was a lot of talk about how she's, you know, oh, she just plays up the sex pot stuff and she doesn't have a lot of range. But this like really showed that I forget the words he used to describe her. But, you know, that she's a very. She's a very good actress. Mm -hmm. Um, And I believe that this was her first major role. I know she was a model before.
0: Yeah, I think this was her first uh her first real, real gig.
1: Yeah, and she I, honestly, she grows so much over the course of the series, and at the beginning, yes, her performances were, like, a bit sort of one-note. But as she's gone on, even playing, like, this six on Caprica that, like, Seems to hate Sharon, <laughs> and you know revels in being able to beat her up and whatever. Like this moment where she cries, is it just shows layers? And she's really good at. I feel like she's at this point starting to really be able to differentiate these roles that she's playing herself. Yeah. So she's giving them different things to play with, and you know, <clears throat> it's not just like head six is one way. But Shelley Godfrey was another way. Mm-hmm. We're seeing multiple different six sixes, and she plays them differently.
0: Mm-hmm. All of them. Yeah, even when she she reappears as Caprica Six, she plays Caprica Six differently than we saw Caprica Six, <laughs> you know, yeah. initially. But the, you know, but so it's like an extension of actually. Like what? As you go through life, you have new experiences, and so it changed her. So she plays that character with a different degree of um, a different degree of personality. And you know, I forget the name of the model that we see on the Pegasus, but in that character's, you know, um,
1: that was Gina.
0: Gina, yeah. And then she's like, you know, she's sort of like wounded, and um, yeah, it just. I, I, I and was, then
1: even later, there's one named Natalie, yeah. who's sort of the leader of the Rebels. Right. And, <laughs> you know, Natalie is very different yeah. from the other sixes, even despite, like, it's, she's not just different because her hair is different.
0: Yeah, she's very, like, assertive, and wasn't she? Like, very kind of, like, she had this strong leader quality to her. At least that's yeah. how I'm remembering her. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I have been very impressed watching her progression as I've gone back through all of these episodes. Mm -hmm. I think Trisha Helfer deserves a lot of credit because she really could have just played every single six exactly the same. Mm -hmm. I feel like Grace Park does a good job of differentiating Sharon from Boomer. Mm -hmm. They're similar, but they're not. Yeah, We don't have as many experiences along the way with as many different eights. We see a lot of eights, mm-hmm. but we don't interact with a whole lot of that model other than Athena or Boomer. Right. But she always plays Athena differently from Boomer, slightly differently.
0: And they're the only two really that play and everybody, I, as far as I think the rest of the model's, pretty much play them as the same, pretty much, right? They're all like duplicate like then we never see a Leobin model show up as a professor who's very distinguished or anything. <laughs> They're all Um
1: Well, the thing with Leobin is we really only ever interact with the one Leobin. Mm-hmm. Even though we see other Leobins. They don't really say much. It's always Him, that one model that we have the most interaction with.
0: And then Dural is pretty much. Every
1: single one of him is the same. He's the
0: same. Yeah. And then Simon, he doesn't really have a lot of anything either. And then um, number one, he's, yeah, he's basically the same across the board.
1: Yeah. So it's just these two, the more emotional models that have variety.
0: The two that are in the opening credits of the. uh... (laughs) Of <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the show. <laughs>
1: yes. So then we go back to Baltar's lab and everybody finds out Ellen's test results. Green green. <laughs> very, very bright green as well. <laughs> Mrs. Ty is definitely human. And as they all sort of celebrate this um, Ellen hugs Adama, but then says in his ear that he doesn't want to frack with her. And he says, Don't frack with me either. And then <laughs> uh, Six comes up from under the table <laughs> and says, If only they knew that everyone passes these days. And Baltar says, Well, it's so much simpler that way.
0: No muss, no fuss.
1: You're right and she asks what what did ellen's test really say and he just says i'll never tell
0: i'll never hey. tell
1: <laughs> they start to kiss and he spins around in his chair and to everybody else it just looks like he's staring off into space spinning in his chair because he's a goddamn weirdo Ooh, but
0: weirdo, yeah <laughs> that's actually one of the last times they play that up i think um, they they probably do it a, a few more times in the episode, but it's like we're getting to the end of Baltar talking to himself. You're a weird scientist guy. He starts to take on other aspects. So,
1: so if they hadn't ended this with Baltar basically lying to everybody regardless, everybody's human. Nobody's a Cylon. I just I can't spend the next 60 years running these tests, so I'm just going to say... With every single test, they're human, they're human, are human. Mm-hmm. Then we wouldn't have been able to have Ellen be revealed later.
0: Yeah. Which would have been fine if it wasn't Ellen. Like, yeah. You
1: know. I mean, they would have found somebody else, I guess, to yeah. fill that role. I'm not sure who. Maybe Gata. Maybe Gata wouldn't have orchestrated a rebellion.
0: Yeah.
1: Or a coup. Mutiny. Is it a mutiny? I mean, they tried to take over the government, too.
0: Yeah, that was that was wild times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, lo- I love that, that episode. Actually, I don't know. Some, I don't know. Again, I love those edge of my seat.
1: So during this episode, there is a song that Bear McCreary wrote. He wrote an Italian aria or aria to accompany Baltar's steamy encounter with Number Six. Mm. It's dubbed Battlestar Operatica. Mm-hmm. And he wrote lyrics in England, or in Italian. He says, this was one of the most comedic, most fun comedic moments in the show to score. The English lyrics are, Woe upon your Cylon heart, there's a toaster in your head, and it wears heels. (laughs) Number six calls you. The Cylon detector beckons, your girlfriend is a toaster. Woe upon your Cylon heart Alas, disgrace Alas, sadness and misery The toaster has a pretty dress Red like its glowing spine Number six whispers By your command Fun, fun Made me want to go back And like watch that scene Just so I could hear What was going on there
0: That is one of the tracks On uh, the uh, sound um, On the score I remember always saying uh, Battlestar What did you call it? Um, Operatica Operatica, yeah
1: all right, was Baltar the worst this week?
0: I'm gonna say yeah, cause
1: I said no that it was definitely Ellen.
0: Oh yeah, I guess Ellen, Ellen would be the worst. Definitely the worst. Yeah, see, I get confused because <laughs> like I always like the I was like the crazy ones, right? The crazy blondes. <laughs> I like the crazy. <laughs> oh man, I just I for me it was him. Like it was the moment when he is like everybody passes. I'm just like, yeah, like that's not necessarily good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's not good. Yeah. At all. Um, so who gets full colors?
0: I would give full colors to Colonel Ty for his heroics at the very end.
1: That's what I said as well.
0: Yeah. Even though he's, you know, going down the wrong path for most of the episode.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Who would you throw out the airlock?
0: Uh, Ellen Ty.
1: Yep, same. Ellen Ty. Yeah. Right out. What about this week's favorite Cylon?
0: My favorite Cylon this week. I don't know that I really have. I actually. I mean, I would say six because that last the that last sequence when she's just so like. You see the jealousy. You see mm-hmm. the hurt and the pain, and like her really struggling. Like it, it's. I never, I never was really, I always noticed, but I think I was really struck by it this time watching just how conflicted she was. And you really, you were really seeing like the genesis of everything that, that uh, we see the rebellion towards the end um it's like sparked from a lot of that stuff, right? Like we can kind of see some seeds being planted, not like not directly, but we ju- just can kind of see like, oh, as they move away from their natural state and they start to branch out, they're starting to explore all of these different emotions, and that has a lot to do with how they proceed in the future. And so, just this one instance was like, yeah, I loved it. So.
1: Yeah, I would say Six as well. Um, head Six specifically because I just kind of like how she's sort of looms the way that she does in this episode.
0: There were some great shots and those were due to Eddie Olmos. So, yeah. I, don't, I don't know.
1: He's a good director of actors, that's for sure. Yeah. He knows how to direct actors to get something a little different out of them. And everybody what, that you know where I read or were on the podcast or whatever were like thrilled with working with him just because of how he directed them. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, where can people find you? Uh,
0: you can find me on Instagram, the Armageddon. It is the arma three den, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, also the first know all chronicles is my podcast slash audio uh, you can find the, either the website or you can uh, search up on podcast platforms and i uh, have some really big things coming soon that i'll be able to tell you guys about later but you can also check me out on um podcasting after dark my episodes i appear are on are called tv obscura Where we talk about old TV shows and cartoons from the, mostly from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Um, And uh, that's about it.
1: When is the next episode of that? Because you don't do that weekly.
0: Yeah, we do that once a month. So a couple weeks ago, we had our wrestling episode that was leading up to, um, we were doing it because WrestleMania um, is coming up. Um, And then, so we'll probably, the next one will be like in a few weeks, a a couple weeks. I was talking to them, uh, or I was thinking about reaching out to them just a couple days ago to kind of nail down what we're going to do next. Um, It's always fun. I always, because I'm a little older than those two, so I I go back to like the 70s a lot and talk about these obscure uh, shows and like we, I, one of the first episodes we did, I I did Shazam, the old seventies version, um, and uh, yeah, so that's that's me. Land of the Lost, there's a Flash <laughs> Gordon cartoon, yeah, so that's that's me.
1: Okay. Um, you can find our show on Twitter at Galactactpod. You can reach us through email at galacticaactuallypodcast at gmail.com. Please send us your questions or comments or feedback of any kind. You can also rate and review us on iTunes. The more rate, ratings and reviews we get, the more likely we will show up in search searches for people who are re-watching this or watching for the first time. If you want to hear me talk about... Doctor Who or Lost or The Punisher or The Vampire Diaries or Banner Brothers, you can find that on the Unspoiled Network. That can be found in anywhere you get your podcasts. And next week we will be talking about the hand of God.
0: Oh yeah. I have a lot to talk about with that one. All good stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a good episode. Yeah. They're all good episodes. They're There's only, one bad, yeah. episode There's
0: only one bad episode. There's only one bad episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's gonna be so fun when we get there.
1: Ugh, God, I was like planning it out in my planner, <laughs> like writing what the episodes were each week and how we alternate who's taking the lead.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And I am lucky enough to take the lead on
0: that one. Oh, that's so good.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, anything else? Anything else you want to add?
0: Um, no, thank you. I've had a few people reach out to me out, out from the ether nets. Um, and uh, that I don't I did not know previously just saying that they found our show and they loved it. So I just want to thank those people for um, reaching out. Hope you enjoy it and keep going down this journey uh, with us. Um, it just for again, for a little little context, like I've watched this show a billion times. Um, but I'm sort of I'm as we're moving through this show I'm I'm committing to just watching an episode a week as we move forward so um, that's kind of how I'm approaching talking about these episodes mm-hmm. um, so I think it 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 will help a little bit for some people that they they might be new to Battlestar Galactica or like me. I've watched it a bunch of times, but it has been a little bit since I've seen it. So, um, some things are fuzzy. Some other things are crystal clear. Um, and also I draw a lot from, um, I was a big fan of the original show. So I, I pull some of that knowledge in as context, which, um, the hand of God is actually, uh, I think it's one of the, uh, I think it's a title for some of the bigger episodes of the original, from the original series. So, um, okay. Yeah. So
1: it's an interesting title for this episode. Maybe have some to say when we talk about it next week.
0: Yeah. It doesn't have anything to do with the original. So, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i'm not sure just, that it has
1: anything to do with the story it tells so <laughs> yeah no not
0: at all not at all um, <laughs> it was a it was, it's an interesting the title has really has nothing to do with uh, the episode yeah. but it's a great episode anyway so.
2: it is
1: all right well then until then what do you here?
0: nothing but the rain bye see ya <laughs>